0: Prepare to enter the Apocalypse Valley. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Apocalypse Valley. I'm Frank Three. I'm Billy Eli. This is a
1: podcast that's aimed at community outreach, keeping everybody in touch with everybody else
0: during the ongoing apocalypse. And for our first episode, we were really lucky to have Eddie Haugen and Chris Harper from Whole Children in Hadley to discuss the challenges of the special needs community during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's get to it.
1: So the moving to an online platform, has that been, uh, have there been any particular chat particularly hard challenges with uh, with the Milestone, with your Milestone kids?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as Chris was describing, we're a community-based day program, so it's really about going out into the community as much as we can. And, you know, and what Chris is describing too are, you know, life skills classes, but then also these enrichment classes. So you might have cooking or money sort of management, what we call money skills, uh, but then you also, and then you might be cooking a, a meal, you know, once or twice a week that you do the shopping for, et cetera. Um, but then you might also have a music class or an art class. All of these classes, especially the the ones where we're going out in, into the community as a group, um, have been seriously affected, as they have for, for anyone going out into the community, um, because there's no such thing as a group anymore, and there's no such thing as going out into the community. So <laughs> that's been the sort of the main. Uh, uh, thrust a big change, the big paradigm shift in how we're how we're supporting people. You know, we describe it as direct support when we can be with people, and this is feeling you know a lot of things other than direct support. So we're trying to find ways to to continue that direct support and to manage it, and then to sort of, as you're asking about today, sort of creatively solve that problem. Um, but I just wanted to say one more thing about community-based uh, day programs. You know, a lot of times it's like, oh, that's, you know, some people will sort of who aren't familiar with us will say, well, that's so great that they are that they are learning sort of, you know, how to navigate the community. But from in my eyes, in my opinion, it's always been that the community is needing to see us. I want us to be exposed and people to be aware of us out in the community so they can learn their own sort of... Uh, uh, take their own cues from our our, our participants in our groups. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a big 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 change. We've sort of moved everything over to this uh, this online format. So,
3: Which, to piggyback off that, to piggyback off what Eddie's saying, we didn't have anything online before. None of us were able to work from home. Everything was in the building, so we had to do a complete shift of everything and then ourselves learning the programs as well as our participants and their families.
1: Uh, Eddie Eddie brought up a really good point that I 100% agree with that a lot of what programs like Milestones, uh, their value is not just teaching the kids how to navigate the community, it's teaching the community that first of all, the kids are there and second of all, how you interact. You know how you interface with this special needs community. It, is there any particular thing that uh, you know that could be done while we're in this lockdown to kind of keep the community involved and aware of of the
2: programs and the kids and the things that y'all are doing? We've gone to social media, which again, there's so much going on on social media now. Uh, that's new that it's sometimes hard to break through all that noise but we know that our families and people we're working with um caregivers and and family members of the participants we're working with um are definitely looking out for uh uh classes and and meetups and and things that they can sort of use so that uh they're so that they can stay involved um but it's it's funny because on March twenty-first we were in this lockdown, and I—I I have my daughter is five and a half, Emma, and she has Down syndrome. And I always post something on social media about um, World Down Syndrome Day, three twenty-one. That's from trisomy twenty-one. You have a third twenty-first chromosome. Right. So that's the day. That's the day we celebrate World uh, Down Syndrome Day. And I just posted a picture of of Emma and sort of talked about how. Uh, that was the case. And then almost accidentally on Facebook, I don't know if you know, but you can, um, you can hit something. Would you like to raise money for uh, for an organization? And I almost sort of accidentally put that with the, you know, and I I think I raised 150 bucks or something just from friends wanting to sort of, uh, you know, sort of be involved. So that was, that was a sort of almost a surprise because I wasn't even, you know, it's sort of like we can still fundraise, we can still get, uh, uh, exposure and and awareness out basically is the idea. But your question is good because it's it's really hard to keep the community aware of what we're doing, um especially when the community to a person has so much disruption in their life right now.
1: That was gonna be a thing I was gonna follow up on is that it in the in the best of times, it, it, community outreach is. I mean, you can get out there and there's opportunities now with the lockdown, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just thwarting results. It's thwarting being able to make an effort, you know, that was, I was thinking about that uh, when we were, when I was coming up with the questions to ask, uh, ask you guys, as y'all know, I've been to several of y'all's events and I'm a, I'm a parent of two special needs kids myself And so, so, uh, yeah, that was, I had wondered how, how that would work during the apocalypse when community outreach is kind of tricky.
0: Yeah. um, I saw, I was reading through on the, now is there a spot on the whole children website where you could donate even, you know, at this time for community members if you wanted to. Yep. (laughs) 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 And then I also know I was reading through the newsletter, you know, with the COVID-19, um, situation and and in that I think I read that initially there was an idea to return to classes April thirteenth.
2: I'm guessing that's yeah. extended. We uh, we
3: actually don't have a date yet that we're gonna.
2: Which is something that has has been gotcha. definitely a uh, you know a sort of a anxiety a, producing. Yeah, I mean that we're working with. I mean, there's two sort of things at play. We're working with a lot of people that notoriously don't love uh, a lot of uh, structure and schedule. You know, changes, especially ones that come out of nowhere. Um, you know, that's mm. the sort of that's the the idea, basically. But I've been really amazed and really impressed with how all our participants are kind of coping and 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 uh, managing and navigating this uh, big change and sudden change and and no warning to this change. So it's been really kind of impressive, and I have to sort of you know, uh, credit our team and myself because we've been working for years, you know, uh, most of us, um, on just that, just that skill coping and self-regulating skills when things change on a dime. So it's been, um, and flexibility and patience and all these types of things that it's amazing because we spend so much time, uh on that and I think that typically developing people or other adults that you meet in in life are actually some of them are doing less well with this change than our participants who are sort of you know the 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 line on on them is that they they're not going to be able to kind of um you know many of them they're not going to be able to handle this change you know right I was talking with a friend of mine um
0: she's got school age kids and at this point you know she's kind of realized she's like they're not going back probably to school um, but now we're looking towards summer programs and what that's going to look like and at this point you know she's basically setting setting the family up for being this is going to be the normal till this new september maybe what's what's the outlook for say like we summer we haven't program. really
3: started to get there yet or kind of just taking it one week at a time and just doing what we're doing, and to speak to what Eddie was saying before, um, and how like flexibility and coping are things that we work on in our classes. But I think, um, like, I think it just speaks to the the quality of the staff we have, and how when something like this happened, like seamlessly switched over, and we're just making sure that every one of our participants were taken care of, listened to you know, they knew that we were still there. So I think that definitely helped with the transition as well.
1: What's the effect on the, the parents and, and of your students, the parents and, and in general, their family units, uh, the disruption in their kids' schedules. I mean, again, I, I understand uh, like Eddie, you said a minute ago, uh it's a, it's a group of people that don't do well with sudden schedule changes that are just thrust upon them. And for anybody listening, any parents, if y'all have any guidance, advice, tips, anything for sustaining some level of uh, stability? And because we really are through the looking glass here.
2: Well, I would say, as a parent, I have two daughters. Oh, my daughter Greta is 12, and my daughter Emma is five, and uh, seventh grade and, and pre-K. And um, Emma was heading into a really big transition from uh, from preschool to kindergarten, which is a big transition, and then also from one school, Leeds School here in Northampton, to Ryan Road School here in Northampton, so public school. Um, So we had all kinds of IEP meetings set up and various, you know, lots of different things, tours of the new school and spending time with her new teachers and her new service providers uh, at the the new school. So what my wife and I have been doing with Emma is really trying to structure whole days and whole, you know, kind of keep it like she has circle time in the morning. And sometimes it's with my wife and some stuffed animals. Um, She's trying to keep a lot of... um, a lot of the routines going and they've been doing like they did a unit on, on bears. They did a unit on, uh, rainbows. Now they're talking about spring with complete with caterpillars and, and, you know, all this sort of amazing stuff. All the while Sarah also still working from home. So she's, but I wouldn't expect any other parents to, uh, to, uh, to, to try any of that really, except for the fact that they, let's try to keep the kids, you know, uh, our children sort of, keep their hand in it at least, keep some structure in the day. Um, my 12-year-old wants to stay up till 11 because she doesn't figure she has to get up. And we're trying to get her to, you know, go to sleep, you know, get in bed by 9.30 at least because she used to go to bed at 9. And, you know, we've changed it a little bit but and still get up in the morning and do some stuff. But, yeah, it's it's we are through the looking glass. That's a good way of putting it in terms of... Um, how to keep structure at home and all that stuff. And I know some, initially I I noticed some parents were um, maybe either feeling a little bit um, sheepish or uh, because other parents were sort of setting this really high bar in terms of what we're doing at home, homeschooling. There's a lot of really funny kind of memes and, and quotes about parents homeschooling and photographs and stuff of homeschooling fails, quote unquote. But sort of my feeling is that if you're trying to do that at all that isn't that is a win that is not a fail I mean right, you know, right. Sort of the fact that these parents are either working from home or dealing with all the stress of what this is bringing on and then even at in any way trying to sort of initiate uh, uh, we're gonna keep some structure keep some um sort of connection going um and and Uh, Emma's been getting messages from her teachers and stuff like that, which is really great. So she can sort of look at those at her, at her convenience. And um, I think she's still feeling connected this way. And of course, all these young kids do much better with this type of uh, online and virtual uh, communication than, than any of us do, I think. So that that was
1: a point I was going to make, you know, video chat and video text and, they've had that their whole lives this is still star trek to me
2: yeah right which yeah. one of us is the bad guy telling kirk what uh what he's gotta right uh, kirk giving him ultimatums right
1: uh you mentioned uh, to touch on the thing that you were just saying about the uh the units that that uh your wife is doing with your daughter and the teacher the thing that i on onto there was uh, her uh, Emma's teachers are so, on social media and they're encouraging and and so I think I, I think that that's key to keep the students engaged and that's my experience as a as a parent like yourself is that when we have downtime unscheduled downtime and when we have breaks in the schedule our children either are anxious about the change or like my autistic son he's 25 he totally i mean he doesn't go catatonic he goes like feral he just you know after a couple days of no schedule he's he's like a wild animal you know it's it's, all his training comes undone and uh so then we have to start reinventing the wheel after about a week you know, or or he's won't wear clothes. He's wearing mud and patches of grass and stuff that he that he sticks to himself. So, it, it, the the engagement, what you're talking about there, the engagement with uh with their with their faculty at, at their public schools or whatever classes are they're taking. Uh, see, when I think of y'all's group, I think of the young adults because the things that I've been been around and uh, and witness for y'all's group, It's been the young adults the the cafe I, I was at a couple of cafe nights, and I've been to some of the uh, concerts of the friendship band. and <clears throat> so I think about that and and with with young adults like that, I was. I was thinking it might be easier with them because they have so many distractions anyway, that the fact that the norm is disrupted, they maybe aren't noticing as much because there's just more new stuff to distract them with the online classes and the you know, bells and whistles.
3: I would agree with that. I've been really actually very surprised with how well everyone's doing. And when I check in, I'm like, are you bored yet? Nope i'm good watching my movies doing my classes i'm like well all right i'm bored
0: yeah uh actually i was ask, like chris like when when did it sink in like your new like your sense of your days and, and Eddie, you can talk about this too like what your sense of your days of just your usual like we were all in routines and now we're like searching new routines and and our new you know what our outlook's going to be like when did it really sink in for you I'm still
3: waiting for that to happen I think but um, the first two weeks were super chaotic I mean it was just like constantly trying to figure out how to make our program run virtually and it was really hard but um, like I said our staff is amazing and creative and just hit the ground running and we have like almost two classes every day running now. We stay connected with awesome. every one of our participants individually. We have full group meetings. We have a men's group, a women's group. So it's pretty, I mean, I think we're in a pretty good routine now.
2: Yeah. And on the fly, like you said, right. that's really impressive. <laughs> uh, the, I would just, yeah. And to add to that, the, um, personally for me, I really thrive on, Energy and being in in the room uh, with people, um, you know, if you had to kind of give it a label, I'm much more of a relationship-based type teacher. So the the idea, you know, the very short description of what that might feel like is that somebody wants to uh, to solve the math problem seven, you know, seven plus eight because they want me to understand that they know how to do that. It's not like they're going to get, you know. Uh, you know, it's just more of like, we can relate a long time before um, seven plus eight is sort of secondary to the fact that we trust each other, that we respect each other, that we appreciate each other. And that I can get that information through that you're going to need to know what seven plus eight is, not just because we're in, we're at the point now in the chapter where you need to know that they're going to need to know that for all kinds of reasons, right? For, for money and for, for just for life, they're going to want to know that. So it's sort of like, and right. then if I'm teaching like a theater class, for instance, or a music class, which I'm still trying to teach online music classes, it's very much about um, Billy, you certainly know this that it's about the energy between the, the participants and so without that, it's been that's been the biggest challenge to sort of try to figure out what uh, what of this is still is still that. And I guess what I was think, thinking about what you were saying, Billy, is um, you know teachers checking in and stuff like that. That it's less about the content or the actual yeah the actual content of what people are doing, and that more about that feeling of. Uh, Oh, here's Eddie giving me a call outside of any classes, or here's another email saying, please come to this music class on Friday. Um, That's the sort of where I'm, where a lot of my uh, teaching comes in, a lot of my uh, uh, experience and relationships with with all our participants happens. So, um, that was never going to go away, but that I think what Chris is talking about too is how we sort of put that all together on the fly and in this chaotic way. But what was anchoring all that chaos was our our deep uh, appreciation and care for the people that we work with, um, and the and the mission overall, which is you know we're going to kind of um, bring awareness to 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 the needs and the experience of all these folks that we work with.
1: Before we, before we go very much further, I just want to say, uh, I, you know, I've got to be around y'all's group a couple of times. I played a couple of cafe nights and, uh, I've been to, I've been to y'all's the Christmas specials that, that y'all put on with the, the variety show and the friendship band and the dancers. I've played, uh, I've later been involved with awareness, uh, campaigns, campaigns for awareness, fundraisers in I, I don't know at least half a dozen states. When I would be on tour and would have downtime, uh, I would you know get just get out, and network, meet, and y'all know how you know how it is. Especially, I mean, you're more than a teacher; you're a parent, and and I just. Before we go very much further, I just want to say y'all do this better than anybody I've seen anywhere, and I've seen some really good programs, but y'all y'all do this. The times that I've been around the things that y'all do, it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the way a university works. Everybody's kind of working toward a group goal, but also their own their own self fulfillment goals. And y'all managed to split a perfectly good balance between what's good for the individual, what's good for the group. And, uh, yeah, just the job y'all do there is phenomenal. And especially with the band. And and, uh, I first met you at one of the concerts, I think.
2: Yeah. You were playing, you were playing bass. (laughs) Well, take a compliment, but also at the same time, I think one of the reasons why we, why we do good work and why, uh, it's important work, and it's it's uh, is that we never really rest on any kind of laurels. We don't. We always want to make it better or, or improve it or or continue. I think is the idea. I mean, just continue to do exactly what you're talking about, which is that was really well described, Billy, because it, you were saying that uh, the group is the focus, but then everyone we're trying to meet everyone where they're at. And push and encourage them, and push them to 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 uh, find their own, uh, you know, edu- education moments in everything we do too. So yeah, it's kind of got to be witness. It's it's funny.
1: I'm not very often at a loss for words, but just the the interaction that I've seen with everybody on staff. I don't even think that y'all think of yourselves as on staff. It's I, I got it. There's no divider. There, there's no hard divider between faculty and students. We're all in the same group. We're older, more experienced, so we're leading the group. But you're just as important to the group as I am. And there's a there, there's kind of a, there's a flow that that whole thing just kind of flows through everybody. You know, there, there's all the cliche things. Well, there's mutual respect and there's mutual admiration right and you know those are really good phrases but when you see that up close when you see that actually working that flow is happening it it's it is a stunning thing to watch you know like a good sunset you know
3: um it's really cool to hear you say that because working there like you i feel that i mean you described that's exactly how i feel um it's like when we go to work we are lucky to work with people that we have a great working relationship and also friendships with and we have a lot of fun like we're working on these important life skills together but i think at the top of the list is like we're also just trying to have fun like this is our life it's happening now and like let's enjoy it you know exactly it
1: it's it's my life it's not my job this is this is my life and this is the people in my life and and uh and the, i've always really been struck by the by the sense of that when whenever i've been around y'all's events and and uh and your students and and you guys and so i took a really long time setting this question up mm-hmm. <laughs> So we're talking about that flow and, and that sort of organic, you know. Again, I hate using the word family the same way y'all hate using the word kids. It's such an umbrella catch-all. It doesn't it doesn't exactly mean anything anymore. But uh, is that relationship? It, are, are you finding that? handle things a different way, maintaining that flow and that give and take and that sense of community when everybody's separated because you know this has been a good this has been a good interview and it's been great visiting with you guys but I mean I'm still aware we're not all at the coffee shop having
2: coffee and toast right you know I mean it do, it does feel different just to talk about the band a little bit the band is 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 a wonderful and it's i'm glad you're able to describe it in the way that we we intended it um which is great that's sort of the idea but i think with the band it there's three staff um sometimes like an intern or a a volunteer who's you know coming to the to the experience from outside um there's sometimes there's some personal care attendants some pcas with some of our band members that need need them uh but because there's three staff and up to you know seven eight nine uh participants we're this huge band this juggernaut uh (laughs) but we um we are all playing together with the same goal i mean that's the sort of musical uh that's the the music is the teacher right we want to play that song uh close to how we did it in 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 rehearsal and then we also want to um, you know f- hear each other. it's all about listening to each other and 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 joining in the in the in the song in the music itself. And then it's this performance aspect as well which and I've always thought to to witness that from the outside, at least m- my intention was always here we are we're working on such an equal level because we're all trying to make, the song the music sound good um these are original songs that we wrote it's not like uh, trotting up some participants onto a stage and saying it, they're going to sing along with a uh, a track and isn't this lovely you know that 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 they can do this it's 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 some, you're witnessing something very different you're witnessing people work very hard and all to a sort of equal level so i think that's why it comes across as sort of almost indescribable because you're sort of you you're sort of lose uh, who's the teacher and who's the student and who you know you're uh, there's a game that we used to play in acting a lot called follow the follower and that's the, the sort of the feeling that I think we uh, we start to sort of attain while playing music together and certainly for an audience um so yeah there's there's that sort of that's partly why that happens but we we do that on all kinds of levels um throughout the overall
1: thing i was saying a minute ago the the barriers between between you guys and and your students i mean the 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 you know, what you think of as your standard barrier or he's the boss or she's the boss or they're in charge or they have the say or they've got the power and I have to do what they tell me. And, I'll, man, that, that's non-existent in your groups. I mean, I, I've been around enough of y'all's group events to, to just see that's not that's not how it works. Everybody is a member. And some people are senior members and some people aren't as senior members. But everybody is an equal member. And and that was the thing that you were just talking about, about getting them on stage. You know, you see programs where they put a bunch of kids on stage and they teach this section to sing on this part of the record and and I have a theory about that. That's things like that are not for the kids. That's for the grandparents and stuff that feel like their children are making progress. Right. Not to shoot it not to shoot too big a bullet in it, but that's uh yeah, that don't that don't really count for all that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a different kind of this is work. This is uh, you know, this is but also I think in most things that I do and I think all of us as teachers there's, you know, that sort of phrase disguised learning. So, if we <laughs> if we're listening to each other in the band, you know, we spend the first 20 minutes of an hour class just really working on matching pitch or matching beat and beats per minute and just kind of counting together. And we'll stop a rehearsal and sort of come back to counting together. It's really about listening to each other. And of course, that is going to serve all of us in all sorts of other situations all the time. Listen to what the other person is is expressing and then express it back in your, your own personal way and in a true way. You know, because if someone's playing the wrong note on the on the neck of the guitar, that's they need to figure out what I mean here. What do I mean here? So it's like it it has a kind of a a a microcosmic uh, uh, and a disguised learning aspect to it. Well, it's
1: just like real life; everything feeds everything else. That's you know that's been my observation of how reality works. Right. I'm sure you know this is something that I've been losing sight of. Since uh, since we since apocalypse started, and have days, I'm sitting, I'm thinking, damn man, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But nobody else knows what they're gonna do either. This right. this landed on everybody, and it landed on everybody at the same time. And it doesn't matter what your job is, or what your car is, or where you went to school, or or where you live. Or this has landed on every single person in yeah.
2: the world. So i would say to that as kind of a final thing as well um, uh, at work uh, i've come to really really appreciate and i think all of the staff at milestones and whole children really focuses on um small breakthroughs or um or just small breakthroughs i mean breakthroughs are are huge um so that might be somebody uh checking in with another peer or participant, another student at, at at the program and saying, "How are you doing today? Where they were more self sort of self- involved before that or 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 someone being able to come up with seven plus eight, you know, without a lot of prompting. Um, so these little breakthroughs, we string them together every day and every week, and then we come together as a team after the day and talk about, how did this one participant do today with something and did they have a, you know, we don't sort of ask the question, we just describe the breakthroughs that they may have had. Um, And then to be so thankful for that, um, and to really feel the kind of the joy and the satisfaction of someone making these small breakthroughs, I think we can apply that back as a whole population, a whole society, to, oh, hey, I got that, I figured out how to get onto that Zoom meeting today, or I put my big boy pants on and, and, you know, stepped outside and I had a nice conversation with my neighbor from across the street and learned something about their life or my, or about them. Uh, And it's sort of a, it's sort of a model that I can take through all this, and it's really about you Know and again, it's kind of a cliche, but it's that idea of feeling uh thankful or feeling blessed, feeling like I we have in times where it feels like real struggle that we actually have so much richness in our lives, and and sometimes that richness is sort of uh um seen or we're made aware of the richness in our lives by stringing a lot of these tiny breakthroughs together, um, so. For us, it's not a, I don't think as a team, for us, it's not a huge uh, shock to the system to, to, uh, to be in this format because we're now still just trying to get breakthroughs from, from our folks. Um, yeah, I really had someone awesome. who, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say one last thing. I, I had someone at the end of a music class the other day, which was kind of a disaster. It was like the first class and everything was, a, things were on delay and it was just kind of a mess. And my daughter knocked over a giant glass vase full of rocks upstairs and I was trying to just stay focused on the thing uh and then howled. So yeah, it was tough. But he said, and he's not, he's usually very um kind of in, in insular in his in his responses to things. But at the end he said, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that. And it was enough to get me to the to the next week or to the next planning stage or to um I felt I didn't feel discouraged. I mean, I felt discouraged about some of it, but I felt encouraged enough by that small breakthrough to to put the work in for next week. So.
1: Right. It's as we say, as we say in the indie musician world, take what's there. We we take what's there. Right. Uh, I have a question for both of you guys before we sign off. You just mentioned, and and this kind of ties into what we were talking about with uh, whole children and milestones and, And what you were saying just now about, uh, you know, being grateful for the small breakthroughs and the things that you have, when we come out of the apocalypse, which we certainly are going to at some point, do you think, and this is philosophical because it's not about your group, do you think just society in general is going to be more empathetic toward other people and more aware of the positive things that they have going for them in their life because one of the things that i have really been just gobsmacked by during this is the absence of i would have expected i mean you know how people are when they have to wait an extra 10 minutes to get their coffee you know it's oh god it's a catastrophe my day my whole day is ruined and I'm just I, I think that when we come out of this as as humans and, and as a society of a society of humans, I, I think that I think that we're going to have a little better appreciation and a little better understanding and a little better focus of things that really matter to our quality of life. What do you what do you think?
3: I I agree. And I, I I mean I hope I hope that's true. But I will say that, um, you know, like despite all the scariness and anxiety and worries, going for a walk around my neighborhood at five o'clock in the afternoon and seeing families out on a walk and riding bikes and the community like people walking downtown to pick up dinner from their local spot. And it just like there is a different feel in the air. And I I do hope that carries.
2: what about you eddie i i i'm the same way i hope so too i think a lot of it is dependent on who's willing to self-reflect um i've had a lot of time to think about uh to reset is a probably the word that comes to mind because we can chuck a lot of the the unnecessary things that we sort of we fill our lives and our brains with Um, And this might be a time of that. So it's sort of like, you know, some people describe dying and you you sort of you're holding on tightly to to your earthly existence. And that might be what some people describe as purgatory or hell or something like that. So it's sort of like letting go of, you know, simple things like, do I need to get my can I make a home cooked meal or should I, you know, I'm on my way home. I'm late. I'm tired. It's late. I want to just grab some terrible, you know, Substitution for a good, healthy home-cooked meal, or now I have the time to cook and sort of remember and savor that experience of cooking it, of eating it, of saving some for later. You know, it's 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 a much more uh, meditative and slowed-down sort of time for a lot of people. But what you're describing, Billy, is that that sort of idea of people still in that kind of sped-up. place right it took me 10 extra minutes to get my coffee therefore my everything's messed up right so it's sort of like uh, i think it's an open time for that but it it has to include that kind of self-reflective stuff um
1: that's been the thing that i think the downtime is gonna help and see everybody's having to spend a lot of time with themselves and I know a lot of people do not like to spend time by themselves, but solitude is, is, is uh, you know, solitude is helpful and it helps you become self aware and self reflect. And one more, one more question and, and then we can wrap it up. And this is for each of you it's the same questions for both of y'all. And here's the question What is something, tell me something that you've noticed in your, day in your daily life your, your individual daily life tell me something that you've noticed that you've gained a new appreciation for or rediscovered in a uh, forgotten appreciation for since this has happened and, I, and I'll tell you what mine is when after y'all so uh Chris what's yours
3: um I think mine has been Uh, the time I've had to connect with friends and family that I haven't in a really long time. We've done family reunions through Zoom, which like, why did it take this for us to all get together in that moment? Or, you know, like playing a game of Yahtzee with my mom over Zoom while she's like going through a hard time. Those like moments of, you know, just like connecting with people in my life that I hadn't so the
1: reconnect, so the reconnection, of family and friends that had kind of been pushed to the edges by, you know, day to day life. What about you, Eddie?
2: Uh, I've noticed a lot about how I'm through working on a lot of things about my own self-regulation and my own sort of not panicking or not sort of dealing with things from a fear based uh, uh, place. Um, and more from like we were talking about this appreciation uh, I've noticed during this time that I'm, I'm, pretty well equipped to handle this type of disruption and this type of, uh, you know, scary and very upsetting and disturbing and and just ultimately sad thing that's happening. I'm, I've already had friends of friends pass away from this, and you know, and it's, you know, if you look at it sort of numbers wise it's only a matter of time before people that we know and and even are intimate with uh are are having real s- struggles and may even pass away from this so it's sort right. of a, it's sort of like this wave is coming but at the same time uh, I'm not I don't feel like I'm shrinking or cowering and it's it it's a lot of that is based on um this re- time that I have to reflect that we're talking about uh and that I'm I'm noticing that I'm I'm maturing and growing up a little bit in that in the way that I'm sort of uh, facing this huge crisis, you know. But then again, that reminds me of uh, how much how many wonderful things I have around me and in my life, and that I've actually worked to to sustain and to attain, and you know, including a job that I can still do during the all of this. I mean, I'm aware of how many friends and how many acquaintances have sort of lost their jobs
3: right
1: right. and and over and above the job how they fill their days what you know what gave them a sense of purpose in a a lot of instances the thing that uh, i've developed uh, reconnected with an appreciation for all the people that it takes to make the world go around that it's easy to push to the side and you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of focus right now on the medical professionals and people in the medical industry and first responders but the thing that that this has really brought back into focus for me of things that I really appreciate are the daily things that seem kind of mundane and they're still going they're deemed essential and it, and that would be guys like you to uh, the teachers that are still, Hey, we're learning to do this as we go, but we're, we're connecting with our students on the internet. Uh, I left a thank you note on my mailbox for my post person. I mean, they, you know, it. it I got to thinking about it. Even junk mail is reassuring. You know, you you go out to the mailbox and there's, wow, I got a bunch of junk mail, but somebody showed up at the post office and sorted it and somebody delivered it and and it just all the all the little you know i mean support roles that that you normally don't think of very much that keep the world running you know the, the people that pick up the trash somebody's still picking up the trash and That reminds me, I need to go out and take a thank you note on the trash can. Well, it's really made me appreciate that and notice it in a way that I hadn't thought about in decades, you know, since I was a little kid and figured out that, hey, somebody comes and gets the trash. Right. You know, oh, cool. They get to ride on that big, cool truck. And then I didn't think about that ever again, you know, uh, it's. That's just some kind of miracle that happens, <laughs> you know. The trash is gone. The mail shows up, and, and and I see my again my mail carrier. My my house. I look right, I'm looking right out my window right now at Cottage Street. I'm in East Hampton, and my mail carrier will be by in about an hour, and I'll knock on the window and wave and smile at her, and she'll wave and smile back. And, just an appreciation of of all the gears that it takes to make the wheel turn and even the little gears that you don't see and that's that's been what i've reconnected with that's been the most striking and and you know the reflection time i, I always made a lot of me time for myself because being a songwriter that i just I have to spend a certain amount of each day inside my head or it gets bad for everybody. <laughs> and uh but yeah, the other people and, and uh again, you know, the teachers and the 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 mail carriers and the the trash disposal people and uh and the people still showing up and doing the food bank and that's not that's vital not just to the running of the community, but to the psychological health of the community. Yeah. And I have so much. I am so glad that I'm living in new England when this happens and not Texas. And, and I, and I love Texas and and was born and grew up there and lived there a long, long time. And there's a lot about it. I like, but I really like the way the, the people up here, when there's an issue, the first thing everybody seems to do is just, let's downshift one gear and, and, and let's be easy with each other. And, and let's everybody cut each other a lot of slack and let's kind of probe the darkness a little bit and see what's see what's on the next step before we just go running up the stairs, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, it, for me anyway, it, it's been much easier to to deal with here than it would have been if I still lived in Austin
2: where there's three million people and you don't know your next door neighbor. I would just say, just to piggyback what you're saying and and to sort of bring it back to, to the beginning and tie it back together, maybe um, this idea of all this network of people that, that keep us sort of comfortable. And the point where we start to, you described it so well, Billy, where you start to kind of almost forget those people, they sort of start to fade into the into the background or fade into the ether, and you're not thinking about the person who comes and takes your trash away or who sorts the mail. Um, I feel very much this way. I'm sure Chris feels the same way. That's how we feel about our participants and our clients and our students is that they are part of the fabric of this community, and they probably not they probably have faded in people's minds or they were just never uh, uh, introduced into people's kind of consciousness. And so it's sort of like, by asking questions of our, our participants like, would you like to go to college? Would you like to have a job? Would you like to have a romantic relationship? Would you like to have a family? Would you like to, you know, what would you like to do? What kind of classes would you like to take here at Milestones? We can offer you all kinds of things over the course of a week. And then we can change it each session. We can offer you new things. Um, asking those questions first of the participants and then sort of letting the community, asking those same questions of, of the community uh, in the or at least giving them awareness that we are asking these questions. So for instance, if, if you see someone in a wheelchair, you might not think, this person probably has a desire to be physically uh, romantic with someone, to be sexual, to be sensual, to have a relationship with somebody. You might not think that first. You might think, oh, you know, where's the the ramp so they can get in? You should be thinking about that stuff too. Or you might not be thinking anything. You might just see someone in a wheelchair and think there's a person in a wheelchair. I'm not going to add a lot of other details to how I view that person. Um, that's what we're about. That's the idea of whole children is that, is that we're whole people just as your, uh, you know, mail carrier is, and just as our, you know, restaurant workers are. And it's like, you know, we have to kind of remember that, uh, this is a a big group effort and that, um, that the folks that we serve and that we support, um, are, uh, not only do they need to be recognized as whole people, but they're here to educate us as well. You know about sort of pushing the limits of what we already do, or or they're here to educate us in terms of um, rethinking and retooling our our thinking about how the world works. So I, I think what you were talking about, Billy, really kind of parallels what we're what we're doing at at our job too. So. Well, thank you so much for all your work, Chris, Eddie,
0: Whole Children and Milestones, and Hadley. We really appreciate you coming on uh, during these interesting times and joining us with all this great information and and just a perspective on where we all could be in the world today, how we all should you know
2: view what's going on and the outlook towards... Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, it's been fun. Nice to meet you, Frank, and good to see you, Billy. And we'll see you... Uh... See you soon. See you on the other side, I guess. When
1: the, as soon as the apocalypse is, we, we will survive the apocalypse.
0: Man, it was just so great. Wasn't it Billy just to have them on to talk about all that? I mean, it's so important during this time. Something I think a lot of people don't even realize how much is done day to day when there's not a pandemic, but especially now what's going on.
1: Yeah, that's one thing with such good guess because it, it keeps the special needs community on the radar it's real important i think for the community to be aware of all the other parts of the community and that really was the reason that we decided to do this so
0: yeah and it was great to see just how much passion they both have for what they do right yeah that yeah they
1: have that all the time pandemic or not <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is amazing and so really lucky and especially to kick off the show which was fantastic
1: Tune in to the next episode.
0: We have Christian LaChapelle. He's the owner of the 413 Bar in East Hampton. And Pastor Steve Belkey from Grace United Church in Northampton, Mass. See y'all in two weeks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Apocalypse Valley. Be sure to check out the Apocalypse Valley Facebook page, where you can get updates and news regarding our show. Until next time, stay safe.